0: This morning, I had to have a conversation with my imaginary personal assistant. Now, if you don't remember her, uh, early on, I think in season one of our podcast, I spoke about how um, I have an imaginary assistant that helps me motivate myself to do the things that I need to do, especially when I'm not feeling particularly intrinsically motivated. We'll leave it at that. We've moved on from a fun, quirky, productivity recommendation i suppose to just full-on living with this imaginary friend um i have not named her because i uh, am scared of going down that road however this morning we talked about workload um because i realized that i had put so much on my plate and gave myself about a third of the amount of time that i would realistically need to do it um and i apologized To my imaginary assistant, I apologized. I said, I'm not being fair or respectful of your time. And my expectations are unrealistic, they're unfair, and they're not kind. And I gotta be honest, it was much easier to apologize to her than it was to apologize to myself. Sometimes, especially when following your passions, it can feel like you shouldn't have any boundaries with yourself because this is what your dream is, right? So of course you should give every ounce of expendable energy you can at all muster up towards this goal at every hour of the day. Well, we know, in fact, it's been proven that That mindset does not make you more productive. It does not get you farther. In fact, it makes you nothing but exhausted, burnt out, and resentful towards whatever it is you're working on. And if I had to put money down, I would bet that a lot of us out there owe our imaginary assistant an apology. Today, we're talking about how to communicate with yourself. Welcome back to Say What You Mean My name is Lauren, I'm your host, and the founder and director of Doe Creative. We're glad you're here. I believe quite strongly, in fact, to an illogical point, that your words have immense power. And what you say, not only out loud, but in your head, especially to yourself, carries a lot of weight with it. So it's of the utmost importance that you choose your words wisely, particularly when you're talking about yourself or what you're working on, what you're striving towards. What you're creating. There's a lot of chat about self talk out there, and a lot of it I see is really, really great. It's motivational, it's helpful, it's insightful, and it can be encouraging. But there's a key part that I think a lot of us are missing when we're talking about how to be kinder to ourselves or how to motivate yourself with self talk. And that part is what's the key to Get me to actually take action on this. Because I can read an insightful post on Instagram about how my subconscious doesn't know the difference between me joking, saying, Oh, I'm so stupid when I misplace something, or me really talking down to myself. And that does have an impact on your outlook and your overall belief in yourself. That's great. What's going to make the switch? What's going to Truly get you to click and start to change the way that you speak. Many artists are inherently on their own um, when it comes to their work. Now, I know a lot of us are surrounded by such incredible support systems within the creative community, myself included, and I am highly grateful for it. What I mean by being inherently alone is that at the end of the day, a lot of artists um, carry the weight of your creative work is ultimately up to you and no one else. It's internally motivated. Nobody else is asking you or expecting you to meet this certain deadline for your passions or your dreams or your ideas even. Yeah, I mean, maybe you announced it online and you have an incredibly engaging audience who is Anticipating the release of whatever it is you're working on. And that's a phenomenal and terrifying feeling. But you decided to do this. And it's up to you to follow through. And what that means is whether you're somebody who speaks to themselves out loud in your head or less than the rest of us, there's a lot of self talk going on, more so than in other areas of your life, perhaps. And it can be hard. When it's all up to you, it's easy to make an excuse or find every reason to justify putting something off or talking down on it or feeling like it's not ready. I know I am far and away much more motivated when somebody else is relying on me to get this done, is relying on me to show up. And so, birthed the imaginary assistant, she's expecting me to be in the studio working on this podcast. She's expecting me to update the Patreon supporters and our audience of what's going on. She's expecting me to follow through on the deadlines that I've set. She's relying on me and I don't want to let her down. So the first step of, I think, improving and elevating our self-talk is finding some sort of external angle for me it's having an imaginary assistant and for the most part that really works i can kind of trick myself into getting up and getting that drive going uh, with that hook of this imaginary assistant in my brain is relying on this um and that may not be the key for you but i do highly recommend trying it even if you have to name her She's honestly great. I highly recommend her, and you know you can call me for reference information on her anytime. But find some sort of external factor um, that you can use as a goalpost uh, in those moments when you feel directionless or her not having that gusto that you really want to have when working on your endeavors. That second step, uh, at least for me, and I am very much so on this journey with the rest of us. Is identifying or recognizing those moments when you slip into that mode of beating yourself up or making excuses for yourself or whatever it is for you. I often plague myself with mediocrity where I will say things like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this piece or this collection, but it doesn't really matter. Nobody's expecting this. It's not going to make a difference if this isn't ready when I said I wanted it ready. And that's inherently not true. One, um, it's a form of self-sabotage, convincing yourself that what you're doing doesn't matter or isn't making an impact because you're simply giving yourself an excuse to fail and trying to soften the blow by stubbing the other toe, in a sense. It doesn't really help anything. But identifying those moments. So sometimes when I get into that mode of thinking or If I'm panicking about the future or nervous about something that I'm getting ready to show the world or even a few close friends, um, I'll at least identify that I'm getting into a headspace that isn't healthy or productive self talk. And then I'll apply it externally. I'll think about would I say this to my assistant? Would I let these words come out of my mouth regarding something my assistant was working on? something she was excited about, something that we're working on together and striving towards as a goal? And the answer has never been yes. I've never once thought about it that way and said, oh yeah, I would absolutely say that to another human being. So then I owe her an apology, her being me. I'm sorry I dumped way too much on your plate. I apologize for setting the impossible expectation that you could be in three different places across town within 30 minutes. I would never expect that of another person. So why would I put that on myself? If you can get to the point where you're at least identifying where you are slipping into any sort of negative or unproductive self-talk, that's a huge stride. Because a lot of the times we do it without even thinking about it. Or we make excuses like, oh, I'm only joking, I'm playing around, I'm just saying that to be silly. But are you? How much weight does that joke carry? At what cost for you to just say something aloud to ease some discomfort for a moment or dwell on your insecurity or nervousness or disappointment even? Because a crucial point of this is to avoid the other extreme where toxic positivity can very well come into play you are absolutely allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be let down. You're allowed to even be frustrated with yourself. There is a lot of health in that, but we don't stay there. We don't live there. We alchemize it. We're using it as fuel for whatever the next step is. And that brings us to the third step. How do we motivate ourselves and get ourselves up and say, okay, no, I'm going to speak to myself with kindness and I'm going to treat myself like I would my imaginary assistant. I'm going to be the best boss to myself ever. What do we do? Because the infographic answer, right, is, oh, switch it around, turn that frown upside down. If I said, oh, this is so dumb, you're just going to turn around and say, oh, no, this is so brilliant. But do we really believe that? Or is that just a mechanism to at least say that we did the right thing? And if something that simple truly is effective, then uh, by all means, run for it. But for me, I end up, Getting cringed out at myself and I fall back into my wallowing. So, if I have a second, once I identify the negativity, I'll ask myself, where is this actually coming from? And what am I actually afraid of? I'll find the actual source. And like I said before, I will look for a way, at least today, to alchemize a part of it and use it as fuel for what I'm going to do next to prove that negative source and that fear wrong. And that is incredibly motivating. Some days I even have to do it out of spite. But you know what? It works. And once I'm on the other end of it, that spite turns to joy very quickly. So the next time you recognize yourself slipping into that mode of expecting too much, self-sabotaging, speaking to yourself in ways you would never imagine speaking to another person, sit down, And remember, you owe an apology to your imaginary assistant. Thanks for listening.